0: You got your mama's sunshine You got your daddy's rain You like a piece of heaven in a hurricane and it's Hey there, thanks again for listening to this podcast. We appreciate you guys. I don't know if we say that enough, but we really do. And uh, how, mu- how much fun is it when we are at an event or we're walking around town and somebody just say, I was at Costco the other day and, I, and a kid said, hey, you're that guy from the podcast. And it was just so cool, you know, and it's funny because he didn't know me from the church, which is normally how people know us, because we have a big church in a smaller town. And so, you know, we're kind of like locally known. Yeah. Um, because of the church. But uh, this, this kid had no I mean, he said, you're that guy from the podcast. I yeah, thought it was pretty kind of cool.
1: You know, it breaches so many um, barriers. I mean, with young, Mm -hmm. older, and I, I think you can go out there and people appreciate it. They really do. The
0: best compliment I got though was this morning because my girls were having breakfast and, uh, and I said, Romy, you're going to go to the podcast with me, and you know Nana's going to take you from there. And my older one, Olive, said, oh, she gets to go to the podcast? That <laughs> is not fair. Uh, she really wanted to come. So I remember those exciting. days in my house.
2: <laughs> and, and I did send books to everybody that wrote me. Did that you? I awesome. love I that. I did. I sent I several books that. out. and uh, That's cool. If you want a copy of my book, I'll, I'll, I'll just write me at PastorRonVBF.org. And just mention the podcast, anything you want to mention, and I'll send you a book. Uh.
0: Well, I'm a little bit. Uh, you, you guys all have your drinks today. I'm doing the fasting thing this morning, so I'm a little bit tired. But um, I am excited because the weather's changing. I love this time of I year, you, Josh, uh, when fall starts to happen. I feel like it's time to pull out the, you know, almost time to pull out the flannels and the and.
1: I get disappointed when it gets hot because I'd like to
0: wear a long sleeve shirt. Me too. Yeah, me too. My mine's for other reasons. I try to hide, uh, you know, my physique here. But uh, no, I, I'm excited about. <laughs> the fall i'm excited about uh we, vince and i went hunting you can't say hunting because that's huntin', yes yeah. you gotta say hunting huntin'. we went hunting the other day and it, which really means we we walked around uh with guns in our hands uh-huh. so that's what hunting was uh, well it's us. exercise yeah it was great exercise well,
2: for a long time when i was hunting deer i didn't go uh, i should should say let me rephrase that i never left disappointed if i didn't get a deer because what i really enjoyed was sitting on the mountainside overlooking uh the forest
0: yeah. uh eating a, a bologna sandwich yeah it was beautiful out there it really was we were I'm pretty sure so Vince wanted to camp overnight um, and so we we camped 500 <laughs> I, 500 yards off the road I've heard some and, stories. Um, and, <laughs> and, and I'm pretty sure that we uh we camped right in the middle of a lion den because <laughs> there was all kinds of tracks and it was uh we heard lots of noises at night it was fun uh, but his 16 uh, year old was just kept asking all night, what's that noise? What's that noise? Oh, uh, it was like,
3: I mean, and Josh had it him going fun. too, because Josh was adding the extra, you know, ghost uh, story that you tell at the campfire uh-huh. to the whole thing. And so at two o'clock in the morning, my 16 year old was like, Dad, do you hear that? I hear something breathing. I'm like, shut up. I'm
2: like, go back to bed. You know what? I want to say something to a listener, listener out there today. I think it's a, a word for them. You know, you can't stop living. No. And your your son will never forget this. No, nope. you're building mm. memories that will last for a lifetime. Because mm-hmm. you have memories when I used to take oh, you out.
0: The best memories, yeah. And
2: uh, so anyway, it's a word for someone right here. You're listening to the podcast, and the very reason you're listening today, yeah. for you, it's to hear the word. Don't stop living. Mm. Get out there and and, uh, and involve think, yourself in some, and some I, adventure. And I,
0: and I think of dads, fathers who are listening to this, who uh, or mothers as well. Who uh, maybe they didn't have those positive experiences as kids, and mm. so you think you don't think about it being a positive experience for them to hang out with you, but it really is. And so make sure you take that time. Mm-hmm. And and it's hard because it gets busy. Yeah, this time of year, uh, you know, schools uh, at full swing. You have sports. Uh, yeah. You have you know a lot of different things happening. A lot of it seems like there's more extracurricular activities these days than ever. Uh, and so just make sure you take that time to really spend with your family because it's really important. You know
2: what, Josh, it reminds me of an illustration. I wish I could look it up. Uh, I used it in a sermon years ago and it goes something like this. A dad took his son out and they went somewhere hunting, fishing or something. Everything went wrong that could go wrong. Mm. Everything went wrong. And he came back griping to his wife, worst day of my life. I hate it, man. It was just a terrible day, blah, 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 blah. And later on, she found something that her son had written about that day and said, the best day of my life.
1: That's mm, yeah. uh, a
2: whole different perspective. Yeah. My,
1: my dad tried so hard to get me interested in fishing. and um, <laughs> But I have so many memories of being with him when he would get us up at 3 a.m. We'd yeah. go out. He would go out, and we'd, we'd, we'd do, try to fish for catfish. And none of us really—my dad tried. And so, <laughs> so I remember waking up the next morning, and— I couldn't figure out what it was, but it was a huge swarm of mosquitoes around me mm. and they were just feasting on me. And I just, I, I remember that, but I remember the good part of that, the getting up, driving someplace, yep. yeah. the hope yeah. of doing something. I remember that even though the mosquitoes were there, that wasn't the story. <laughs> it was just, you know, getting there. And yeah. like you said, pastor, it was, it was just a true story. Yep. Yep. And my, bro- my brother, it stuck with my brother. He loves uh, fishing and in, in that, and I, I just, you know, I preferred other things. But I remember being with my
0: dad. Josh, remember Mammoth? Uh, yeah, I do. We sunk the boat. We, we get out early in yeah, the morning you, to go fishing, and we sunk the boat. I mean, the, the fact that you got, uh, <laughs> you, you bought one of those air up mattress boats. Uh, oh, the, you know no. what I'm talking yeah, about? Yeah. Those like, rubber, rubber boats. Yeah. Um, You bought one of those and took it out into Lake, the Twin Lakes area. And yeah, I remember. uh, You know, we were out there for a few minutes. Oh, that water's cold. And then it just started. I'm like, "There's water in here." (laughs) Oh no! I remember. Didn't we? Didn't you have to walk out? Yeah, we went back. Wet, swam out. Yeah, that was that was fun. But yeah, I know those memories. You know, and that's just that's just it. That's a great point because uh, as parents, sometimes, and I'm learning this. I have little ones. um, Vince, you have a 16 year old, all the way down to uh, (laughs) almost seven year olds. And you know, you think, you think, we stress about doing it right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But sometimes it's just about doing it. And, yeah, and, yes. and when you mess up, yes. even, um, that's experience. Okay. It's But can, right, can't you know?
2: we get so caught up in our career or whatever yeah. that we forget to, to keep having fun?
0: Well, I did a teaching uh, at this last man cave where I talked about Jephthah, who um, was a mighty warrior who was kicked out of the tribe. And then it said, you know, that these worthless people came around, but they, came, they went back and they, they needed him. So they pulled him back in. And so he made a vow to God, and he said, you know, whatever, uh, just give me this victory. Uh, Whatever comes out of my house, I'm going to, you know, to greet me. And he's probably thinking an animal of some sort. Uh, I'm going to sacrifice to you. And then his daughter comes out, and he ends up, uh, you know, having to fulfill that vow, which is a terribly uh, dark story. But um, I think that the, the, the meaning of that story was that he won the war but he lost his family in the process there you go and and i think that it's so easy to for men at least um and some women as well it's easy for us to get so focused on the wins on the you know financial side of things or the success side of things or or whatever it might be uh and and forget the win of being there for your family and just paying attention it, you know i i watch this documentary too uh real quick i'll just say this first i watched this documentary for school that follows these families, these two families from uh, the 1990s all the way till the current times, right? Follows them their whole lives and shows how uh, all the different struggles that they have. And there's this one um, uh, family who... Uh, the mother and father worked really hard. They tried really hard. They they just hustled. They did the best they could. But that you know, life kept getting in the way. Things kept happening. Circumstances happened where at the end they they were okay. They were like a middle class family. Mm-hmm. But the the uh, director asked the woman the the mom said, "Do you feel like a failure?" And she tears up, and she says, "Yes, because I don't have much to leave my kids with." But then he asked her another question. He said, "Do you think your kids think you're a failure?" And she said. I think that they love me enough not to tell me that, that I am. But I'm watching it as an outsider thinking, you're not a failure. Like, mm-hmm. you you right. raised a family. Yes. Like, you were there for these kids. You were there for your husband, like, this whole time. Right. You know? Yeah. Um, that That's a success. A huge success. Right. Um, you, it's your anniversary today, Dad. I mean, you've been married for 54 years. Congratulations. Congratulations. What a that's, story. That's yeah. a feat. Uh, that's it is. a success. You know, you could have all the money in the world. You could have all the fame in the world. But who has that? Who has a marriage of 54 years? I
2: want to go back again and speak to a listener, possibly. We were the couple that, that probably wouldn't make it. I mean, when we were in our 20s, if people around us were betting on our relationship lasting, everybody would have bet against us. We were the couple, and I got this morning, your mother was real cute. Good morning, sweetheart. We've been married 54 years, and nobody thought we'd make it, <laughs> and we made it. And so there's another word uh, to some of you out there today. We only made it because we were totally committed to God. Otherwise, mm-hmm. we wouldn't have made it. And uh, so anyway, those are good points, Josh. I like that. And so I think we're, we're already just in our introduction speaking to people mm-hmm. out there.
1: Well, you know, and I, 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 I want to share this story, and I think it may turn this a, a diff- another direction right now, but um, how, Pastor, how many times have we been on trips together, and they just don't seem like they're working out? I think about um, um, <laughs> Ethiopia.
0: I'm thinking of all of them. But
1: why we're able to laugh here now is that they did.
2: They did work out in the end.
1: Because we did. So you remember when we went to Mullah Hay and Vince and Josh were going to do a documentary? And remember, Vincent, Josh got up late. Remember that morning, you guys got up late. It's possible. And um, <laughs> and we were driving to Mulehay, and um, I think it was nine o'clock. All the, we were like, all the fishermen are gone. You know, we wanted to take, um, oh, yeah. we wanted to video of fishermen. Right. And you stopped, and you go, "Okay, Tom, you're in charge." And I was like, "What do you mean?" Well, you, we figured out what we're going to do, and I was like, "Okay, that wasn't my initial duty, but I will." We prayed. And so we st- uh, we took the lead, and we were driving, and uh, we prayed specifically that we would find Yamaha. Remember that? Yamaha, that was his name. Yeah, well, it, 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 it was what we called him, because yeah, he had a Yamaha motor on his boat. Uh-huh. I yeah. thought it was his
2: real name. It wasn't. No, it, okay. no,
1: it was. <laughs> they, they called him Yamaha, because everybody else had different okay. engines, and he had a Yamaha engine I on his boat. I always thought it was his name. And so we said, let us find Yamaha. And so as we were driving, we pulled into a, um, a bar. And you're like, what are we doing here? I go, we're looking for fishermen. And Hector went in and spoke Spanish, and they said, well, the where the fishermen go are right down this road. So we were on the right track.
2: But didn't they say it's too late? You won't find. Yeah, any they down said. There?
1: They said. But you, what are you looking for? We're looking for fishermen. There's no fishermen there. They've already gone out. So so we were driving down there, and we turned, and as we approached there, out in the middle of the um, um, inlet. bay inlet, was one guy, and yeah. he was pulling on his motor. Yeah. And Yamaha had a very distinct hat. It was big and round. And I'm like, that's Yamaha. (laughs) And we walked out there, and it was Yamaha. Remember that? And he's like, hey, Pastor Tom, Pastor Ron, what are you doing? I go, we're (laughs) looking for a fisherman. He goes, oh, my boat won't start. And you went, Pastor, you said this. (laughs) Try it again. And it, We we
2: prayed in between.
1: And and it came back to shore. And we're like, okay, Josh and Vince, we got (laughs) a fisherman. Remember that?
3: I do remember. but, But
1: I'm just saying, it wasn't the fact that things were working out. It was the fact that we were making the best yes. of it, and God factor came involved and made it all work out. Tom, would life be,
2: if you look back on life right now, would it have been nearly this much fun
1: if we weren't working, walking with God? No. God, wait, wait.
2: God is what's it, made it fun.
1: Because you, 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 you can see that it all doesn't depend on your success in a moment. Right. Or yeah. even what mm-hmm. success looks like. Mm-hmm. I, I remember, Pastor. Even Mulahe, you and I were walking up, and we were with another group, and we were giving away food. And we started noticing that these people weren't getting food. Remember that, Pastor? Yeah. And we were walking up, and and we had and the church had given money, so we had bought the food. And so we asked the person that was in charge, "Why are we not stopping at that house? Are we going to hit them on the way back?" And they go, "No, we're not going to stop at those houses because they aren't Christians. They don't go to our church." Blew me away. And, and so, Pastor looked at me, and we both set our bags down. And, and pastor goes, we'll be back. And he goes, where are you going to go? We're going to buy more food. Mm. You guys keep handing this food out, but we're going to go back. Remember that, pastor? Tom, I, I, it was
2: like it was yesterday. Yes. I remember walking up and giving all these Christian people food. Yeah. And all these people standing in front of their house. Looking at it. And us. if you could have read their minds, it was like,
1: why won't you give us any food? Yeah. Because mm. we walked up to the first one and we said, do you need food? They go, yeah. But they'd never give us food. We're like, Why? You know? We're not Christians. We don't go to their church. <laughs> and and, and, it, and it, was, it was it was that moment, it was in that moment that you think God redirects you. Mm-hmm. And, and it looks like, hey, it's not working. Well, who says it's not working? Right. So, so uh, that's
0: good. Just in that vein, what we're talking about today is this is kind of part two of, of these moments, these God moments, these God stories is what we call them. And um, just talking about, you know, uh, our own experiences yes. and kind of evaluating, um, you know, why we believe that God literally showed up in those moments. Another story, and Vince and I, uh, just th- for the background so you guys understand, uh, Vince and I have done video production for a long time. Um, ha- don't do this You guys anymore. were
1: doing it before people were really doing it. We were doing it before, You guys yeah, you were. We, were, we, we Josh, really were, Tom. That. You uh,
0: were. Uh, we did it before YouTube existed, so <laughs> it, was, it was a long time. We did skate videos back in the day. But um, we were doing a video, Dad, with you uh, for Easter service, and um, we had a, the drone uh, flying. Oh, man. And yeah. this drone was flying. Flying through the air, we were in a wooded area uh, up near Ojai, California. We were walking around, and yeah. um, and it was it was woodsy. There was, you know, uh, branches on the ground, there leaves. Uh, it was kind of fall, or, or no, it was winter, actually. Um, and we, as we were getting this drone shot, the drone just takes a nosedive and just hits and then goes into a tree, hits a branch, and just tumbles down, right? And we're like, oh, no, is the drone okay? We go look. The drone is okay. But right. But the, if you know anything about drones, they shoot on uh, what they call micro, micro SD. SD cards, yeah. which are about the size of your uh, index of your finger... finger. Uh, fingernail,
3: fingernail, yeah, and um, and so it's gone. It just it, it popped it's, out, and not only to make things, it's like tan in color. Yeah, it's like right. not any, it's not bright green, right. it's not bright red, orange. It's like, it's the, <laughs> it's yeah. like this really tan color. Yeah, it's
0: little. the
2: color of the leaves, it, the stuff on it, the ground. It, yes,
0: <laughs> so um, so we can't find it, and we're like, okay, well that shot's done. Not only is that shot done, it's kind of like that. Our time, that our drone time is done. Like yeah, our time. We wasted like,
2: our time. You know, we had already done the main main part. That of the sermon or message we wanted to do, yeah. we'd already filmed it. Right. It was all
3: lost, and we right. had other footage fighting. on that drone footage that we needed to complete the video. Right? Yeah. And so I'm stressing because it, it's compounded, <laughs> right? It was important. It was important. Yeah. Let's just say that. Yeah. yeah.
0: And so um, we're looking around for it. Obviously, can't find it. And um, and one of us prayed. I can't remember. Was it no. You, Dad? Let, let me. Can I? Can yeah. I butt in here? get yeah. so yeah, the backdrop.
2: We're looking for it, and I mean, it's like looking for a needle in a haystack. There are leaves and bark and everything probably three inches thick. And we know it's within a—the drone came down in this, like, half an acre area. (laughs) That's too big. Of of this three-inch thick uh, debris on the ground. And we're looking for this little thing the size of your your fingernail. Now, this is where some of our listeners are going to say, you know, really, really? (laughs) I was hearing God. And as we were looking for it, you made a statement. You said, this is like a needle and haystack. We might as well give up. And I, I heard this voice, this conviction, and it was strong, and I believe it was God. It said, these boys need to see a God story. You need to show them God. And so I said, let's stop and pray right now. Father God, you know where this is at. We need it. Now I pick it up from there. That's what I was praying.
0: Yeah, so I'm 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 just walking, and kind of, like you said, I kind of had already pretty much given up. I'm like, there's no way we're going to find this. Uh, chances are. And I looked down, and sure enough, it's right there on the ground. You, okay, remember? <laughs> you kicked something. Yeah, you I, don't, kicked, I don't remember, no, but I remember you looking kicked, down and seeing it.
2: It was something on the ground, and you kicked it, and when you kicked it, it was right there by your foot.
0: Yeah, it, it just really literally appeared out of nowhere, and um, I was like, hey. Look, that, that, that reminds me
2: of a story of Charlie Garcia, because uh-huh. I'm going to give some of mine. We're going to probably continue this for a week or two. But uh, we were up at uh, the camp on Greenhorn Mountain. you remember know what that was called, that camp? Uh, Yenis, Yenis, Honte. Yenis Honte. And Yeah, just, anyway, just saw it. Anyway, uh, long story believe, short, yeah. long story short, Charlie Garcia walked with God. Him and I walked with God together, and uh, someone had lost their car keys. It was the last day of the camp. And so Charlie said, we got to pray that we can find their car keys. And so Charlie went out and looked all day for him, didn't find him. It snowed that night. And so uh, the next morning, Charlie said, uh, I went out early with a flashlight, me and my son looking for these car keys, and we couldn't find them. And he said, I heard God speak to my heart. And God said, uh, stop looking. I'm gonna show him where his keys are at. He's gonna find him, just stop looking. So he told Scott, we're gonna stop looking. And Scott said, why? He said, cause I think God just spoke to our heart and said, where to stop. He's gonna show him where the keys are. Well, the next morning we were down by the cafeteria and the guy comes driving down smiling in his car. And we said, you found your keys. He said, the doggone this thing happened. He said, uh, we, were, we were calling somebody to come up and pick us up. And right as we went out and put the last stuff, you know, outside our cabin, My son said, Dad, can we throw the football one or two more times? And and he said, here, I'll throw you a couple passes, go out. Threw the ball, and it went over the kid's head and landed right beside the car keys. Wow. (laughs) And they found him. And so we're full of these God stories. But let me go back and kind of give an introduction late in the podcast here. But the most important question that begs to be answered by everyone, is God real? Does he exist? Isn't it mind-boggling to know that the Bible makes a promise to everyone that we can have a relationship with God? It's a promise. In fact, the Bible says, if you seek for me with all of your heart, and it says it more than once in the Bible, you will find me. Now let me ask you a question. Um, Wouldn't it make a huge difference for everybody in the world, a huge difference in their life for everybody in the world, if they had a relationship with God? Wouldn't that be a game changer?
1: It would lead to an experience that would answer a lot of questions in their life if they leaned over and said, I'm going to try this. It would.
2: Yeah. You know what? The Bible tells us that he will lead us, guide us, speak to us. Um. See, I am fully convinced, 100%, that I walk with the God of the Bible. Mm. I, I mean, I walked with him for almost uh, 50 years, and you know what? I I, I might uh, be uh, deceived by something for a year or two, or I might, you know... Uh, not be fully convinced of something for a year or two, but slowly but surely I will find out that whatever I'm not fully convinced of probably isn't real or, or it's not valid or whatever. It would be hard to, uh, fool me that God isn't real. You, you couldn't, you couldn't make me believe that I'm getting really word tongue tied here right now. In other words, You couldn't pull the wool over my eyes for 50 years. Mm. Yeah, I'm walking with the God of the Bible. Now, when I got converted, you'll remember, and I think this is redundant. I said, God, I don't want to play church. I will give you my life if you can show me you're real and show me you are still the God of that Mm. Bible. I mean, if you can show me that, I'll walk with you for the rest of my life. And I've walked with God for almost 50 years, and he has been spot on
1: with me. And you've taught me to walk with him for And it works for years. you. It it works amazingly. And it's that trust and that faith that you have to have hmm. in what God... So I was, somebody challenged me, Pastor, the other day about my faith system. And they said, well, explain it to us how we can do it. Do, do you get this idea from the Bible? I go, well, I really do. My pastors taught me this. You know, I told him, I go, the Holy Spirit lives inside me, and that's the spirit of Jesus. Mm -hmm. And I said, one day Jesus told his disciples, I want you to go down, and I want you to get a colt, a donkey colt. Mm -hmm. And there's a donkey colt down there. And by the way, if anybody comes out and says, what are you doing this for? Say you're getting it for our master, and they'll let you take it. And so these guys go, and they find a donkey colt tied up. And somebody comes out and goes, "What are you doing?" Oh, our master needs it. I'm like, oh, okay. I said that's like Jesus guiding us and leading us, right? It's like it's like the Spirit of Jesus lives inside me, and He was telling His disciples and giving them an experience that they're going to need to know. And Jesus said, "The things you see Me do, you're going to do also." Mm-hmm. And I and I and I love those stories because they're real. And like you said, you've learned and you've taught us how to follow that faith system. Mm. And it works. And, you know, the thing that it does take, though, is it takes faith.
3: I think it's also it comes down to seeing it. a lot of people that, you know, that are Christians, you know, sometimes they fail to see the miraculous thing that constantly happens in your life. And, and Matthew, um, Jesus talks about Matthew 18, Jesus talks about, um, unless you become like a child, you won't enter the kingdom of heaven and the idea of kingdom heaven isn't just about heaven, you know, and this other place, but also that here on earth, like that we won't see the things that God is constantly doing in our lives unless we see things like a child. And like you said, like, you know, we talked about the SD card, like, unless you actually believe like God could do something like that, you know, like I I know Josh, you're, you're, you have two little ones, I, you know, having a little one, um, when you tell a kid something, they take it, verbatim. Like they don't question it. They don't, you know, sometimes my older ones, they question everything, you know, <laughs> but my two younger ones, you know, I could tell them something and they take it to the, they're like, yes, that's true. That's truth. Um, and so you have to be careful with that, but just in our belief, like when we really believe that God could come through, he can help us find, um, an SD card. He can come through for us, um, in mulahey He can do all these different things. I mean, that that's where you just get converted, um, mm-hmm. in your mindset and your thinking.
1: Well, I I think seeing it is important. I mean, and I think the Bible is chock full of all those experiences that God still wants us as believers to have. Mm -hmm. I think about King uh, uh, Saul, he was uh, looking for his dad's lost donkeys, right? Right. And it wasn't about the donkeys. It was about Saul running into Samuel. Yes. Right. <laughs> and and so when you think about it, it's not about the lost donkeys. It's not about the, mm-hmm. the fact that we're late to try to find a fisherman. It's not about any of that. It's about letting God in, interact in your life and have one of these things, which we do call mm-hmm. a miraculous moment.
0: Right. Before the podcast, and I think I say this a lot because yes. I feel like we have a conversation before the podcast. Uh, quite often, but we were talking about how people have different levels of faith and different levels of belief, and we had a discussion yesterday in a staff meeting, uh, kind of around the same idea. But um, one of the thoughts that I had during that meeting was, Dad, you were um, you were going through some difficult scriptures with the staff yesterday, and they were hard to understand, but they were also um, kind of radical in nature. They were, um, you know, talking about rapture and talking about, uh, you know jesus coming back and if you really believe all this stuff that he said and and i and i had a thought and i thought okay how many people are out there that believe in god right they say i believe in god and um and i live my life uh you know however live it but i do believe in god right um and then there's other people that are like i want to know everything that this bible teaches Mm -hmm. and so um I i think if you are one of the people that just kind of casually believes in god you have to kind of get to a point where it's like, okay, if you're, if you believe God's real, then you believe that he, uh, you know, that, that, the scripture is real and then you believe all the words of it, then you believe everything. So it's like kind of an all in situation. Whereas, you know, um, some people just, it's like, yeah, I believe in a little bit, but you know, I don't, yeah, I'm not going to really, I'm not going to really like wrap my entire life around this thing. Mm-hmm. I, I'm going to go ahead and live my life and it'll all, it'll all work out right in the end. But the truth is, is that we have the tools to connect with this God who's huge and who's massive. But, mm-hmm.
2: but Josh, again, let's go back to a very elementary idea. But the Bible teaches that uh, when you give your life to God, you can actually ask God to send the Holy Spirit, His Spirit, and His Spirit will come and live in you. That's part of the process of being born again. Now, it's not possible to have the Spirit of God living inside of you and not uh, be cognizant of it. Uh, For example, for women out there, you can't be pregnant and not know it. Uh, We're all unfortunately familiar with a spirit of lust. If a spirit of lust is in you, believe me, you'll know it. If you have a spirit of anger resting upon Mm -hmm. you, you will know it. A spirit of jealousy, you will know it. You won't be able to get rid of it. You're trying not to be jealous, but you're jealous. In the same way, when the Spirit of God lives inside of you, you cannot deny it. And all th- those uh, truths about uh, being born again, about the Spirit of God living in you, uh, they're all very valid and, and they can
1: be counted upon. Um, you know what I think is so interesting um, is we all get opportunities to experience this. And I, I said this and I shared a story, and I don't think I've ever shared it on air um, with uh, my son-in-law, he was a, um, engineering student at Fresno State and he was in his last year. It was the fifth year of school and, uh, he, um, needed classes. And, uh, when he went to register for his classes, um, they were all full. So he went in and talked to professors, could he add their classes? And, uh, they said, no, you know, you're just going to have to wait. So I remember him calling me and I know it wasn't, I wasn't the first call, but he called me to share this story. And I said, okay, because this is my faith system. I said, let's pray, Danny. And so we prayed and this is my son-in-law who's a believer, but maybe not has experienced God moving in his life like we have. And so as we prayed, you know, we ended the prayer like God, you know, really, Danny really needs these classes. Now, one of the motivating factors was Danny knew that one of my requirements for him to marry my daughter, which they were engaged at the time was to graduate. And they had already planned their wedding date, which was a week after he graduated, but now it's going to be put off a year. So (laughs) I think that, I think maybe he was testing the water if I was going to give on that, but I didn't. So we prayed. So the next morning I woke up to a phone call from Danny and he says, you know, Tom, he goes, I just don't know how to explain this. But I woke up this morning to an email from the, um, the, Head professor over the engineering department, Lyle's um, engineering department, at Fresno State, and said that something had happened to the professor and that all the class schedules were going to have to be redone mm. because he wasn't. This professor wasn't going to be able to fulfill his duty to the school by teaching. And so Danny goes, "I've already called my mom and she's. I've got all my classes." Hmm. He goes, explain that. I go, I really can't <laughs> outside of the fact that we asked the God of the universe right. to get involved. Right. You know, and so of course, my head went kind of wild. Like, you know, and, and, you know, of course, my son-in-law would go, why would he do that? I go, because you needed it. And, yeah. and I think that God was seeing further down the road. So I think a lot of people got blessed from this. But I, I you know, I, I, I couldn't go any deeper than that. And uh, he graduated within that year and he married my daughter. And so as we go backwards, it's always been something that he's kind of marked as a milestone in his life Mm -hmm. with faith as we believe it, not as he's been brought up, but as we believe it.
2: Well, you know what? My daughter is continually on me to write the book God Stories. Mm -hmm. Because I've written seven books, I know how much work it takes. (laughs) I'm, I'm very, very hesitant uh, she says, "Dad, you can't let these God stories uh, die with you." In fact, she uh, talked to me last week or two, and she says, "Dad, do a podcast on God stories."
1: We did. We uh, started.
2: Remember? We, st- we never. We never finished it. Yeah, I know. I know. But, but, but uh, I'm all in on that one. <laughs> well, let, let me let me give you a real radical one. One that's going to go in my book, and um, it was about the time that I got diagnosed with leukemia. It was 1997, right, Josh? Is that the uh, year? 96, 97. 97, yes. I was diagnosed with leukemia. And long story short, uh, the doctor, doctors at UCLA, one in particular, Dr. Charles Sawyer, was my doctor at the time. And when he diagnosed me, I asked him, I said, give it to me uh, straight and hit me between the eyes with it. How long will I live? will I live, uh, five years? And he, he looked down at the ground. I'll never forget as if he didn't want to answer the question. He looked back up and he said, you won't live five years. He said, you might live somewhere between four and five. And so long story short, um, you know, I went home and I took that advice and wrote all my kids' birthday cards and told Debbie to save them for them for five years and give them to them one. I wrote five years' worth. And Anyway, one thing and another happened, and I started praying right away to seek God's will because that's the first thing we should do when we're given a death report. God, am I going to die? Is this the end of life for me? Or do you have more work for me to do? And I wanted to hear from God. I have more stories on what God began to tell me the one in particular was they put me on chemotherapy. I don't know if you remember that or not. I, I uh, received in the mail uh, shots of chemotherapy, and I'd receive them once a week or whatever, and I'd give myself two shots a day of chemotherapy. And that's, uh, that's what was keeping me alive, according to the doctors. And so if you've ever taken chemotherapy, I took it along with something called interferon. I had to have a bottle of aspirin by my bed, I'd take them during the night. I had to take them before I got up in the morning. And I felt horrible and uh, stopped eating, didn't want to eat. Um, I lost all kinds of weight, not purposely or not from exercise and dieting, but just I didn't want to eat. Hmm. And so I finally came to a place where I told Debbie, I said, I live for God's will and God has been faithful to me. And so it was on a Saturday night and I'll never forget. And again, you'd have to know the backdrop that my wife does not, she's not a talker at all. She doesn't call people and talk to them a lot. She doesn't come to church and socialize. And and I promise you, she never shared this with anybody. And I didn't either. But before I went to bed on a Saturday night, I said, Debbie, I cannot do this any longer. I wanna throw away my chemotherapy. And so I uh, told her, I said, I'm gonna pray a prayer right now. I need a confirmation that this is God's will. And I, I think it is. It can't be his will that I can't think straight, I can't preach, I can't study, nothing. And I'm looking haggard, look like an old man, more so than I am. And so I said, I'm going to pray that tomorrow at church, Belinda Matley comes up and gives me a word from God. Now, again, at that time, no one gave me words from God. It just didn't happen. So this was going to be a miracle. And Debbie says, no, we're we're not going to be that easy. We're going to pray also that Charlie Garcia gives you a word. If both of those people come up at church and give you a word tomorrow, there's no way that's not a miracle. And then and only then can you throw away your chemotherapy and and, and have it be good with me. So we prayed that, that night, Lord, cause both of them to come give me a word. And so the next day I preach my sermon in the first service and I'll be doggone if Belinda Matley didn't come to the front. And I go, could this be the start of a miracle? Now, she knows nothing. We didn't say a word to anyone. She says, I have a word for you from God. And I go, wow, this is cool. And she, she said, I, I was praying, and I had this, this uh, vision or revelation, and I saw you out on a big lake in the middle of the lake in a boat with no oars. And I wanted to swim out there and help you. And God said, no, that's right where I want him. And that's all, that's, that's the end of the vision. And I went, wow, I knew right away that that was true. That's where God wanted me. I knew that, but I'd received a word. I thought, man, I'm halfway to a miracle. Second service, uh, we completed that. And the third service, I think at the end, Charlie Garcia sat in the front row and, and he left with everyone else. And I thought, man, I was halfway to having a miracle. And I went outside to get in my car. I don't think there was any more cars in the parking lot. I was one of the last ones to leave. And I looked up and here came Charlie Garcia and that little red Corvette tearing back into the parking lot. He said, I have a word I'm supposed to give you. And I went home. I was convicted of it all morning. And I thought, I've got to come back and give you that word. Well, at that moment, I didn't even care what the word was. I just knew I had a miracle. Yeah. And then when you you hear the word he gave me. It it, it 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 was really a double miracle. He said, I'm supposed to give you a verse. It's not by might nor by power, mm. by my spirit, saith the Lord. Now that word uh, power can be translated potency. So what he was telling me was chemotherapy is not going to save you. It's going to be only by God's word. So I went home, threw my chemotherapy away. Now again, I'm not telling anyone else to do mm. this. Please listen to me. And when I threw it away, I told my doctor I was throwing it away. And my doctors, I had two of them, freaked out. And they go, this is all that's keeping you alive. I just, but God told me, to throw it away. Mm. And I did. And, you know, just making a long story short, I sit here today. My last doctor's appointment showed that there is zero leukemia in my body. And there's a lot of stories in between that time and this. But when I tell that God story and you go back and look at it closely, I mean, you look at everything that's involved in that story. Mm -hmm. Is there any way in the world? Now, remind you, I have almost a hundred of these stories. Is there any way in the world that could have been a coincidence in your minds, I mean, is there any way you can figure this out to be a coincidence?
0: I don't think so, and I think that it's important that of what you just said that um, there was a lot of things that happened after that word too. Right yes. to now, um, I think of the Israelites when they were uh, released from Pharaoh, they immediately, um, you know, were uh, stuck. Well, first of all, they were they were released by miracles, right? There yeah. was the ten plagues, but then they were immediately stuck at the at the Red Sea, and God parted the sea, and they went through. That's a miracle, right? Right. Um but then from then on they still needed miracles in order to get them to where they were supposed to be but they did give up at one point a little bit right and that's when god had to come and chastise them a little bit i think that what happens with people and the reason they don't see god in all the things that they um could is that they will get a they will get a miraculous moment you know mm-hmm. at the beginning but they will stop seeking God after that. They'll say okay, well it's done. But it's not done because no. life is a journey and there's 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 hill after hill yeah. after hill. There's 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 constantly something else. And so we have to keep connected with God. I think you well, have that whole time.
1: And know? and I and I do think that that God will do something substantial and give you kind of a, a like like a place where you can plant a flag. And then as you run into other trouble along the way, you realize, well, we planted a flag. When Taylor was uh, going to college, she was recruited all over the nation. And um, she made, uh, you know, what I think is a mistake. She was going to commit to University of um, Rhode Island. And I was worried about that because it was take her farther than she's ever been from our house because you can't get farther than that. (laughs) But she went to Hume Lake and she um, came back and she goes, Dad, I think God would want me to go to school in Southern California. Now that's a problem because it's her senior year. Most coaches have got their team set. So uh, yeah, I knew the where she wanted to go. And uh, one night we were praying and she goes, dad, I'll go where you want me to go. But two schools were kind of ponying up for her with scholarships. And so we prayed. I went to bed and all I did could tell you is I had a light show in my head and it was green and gold and the other school was purple and gold. And I just had this light show of green and gold in my head. So when she woke up, she goes, Dad, I didn't get anything, but I'll go to the school you want me to. And I go, well, maybe not. I had this dream. So she got really excited about the school she wanted to go. That was green and gold. So I had this light show in my head. So then she goes, well, the first coach that calls me, let's say that's a confirmation. So she called me back. She goes, hey, which one called me? And I go, yeah, Concordia. And she goes, yeah. So I went to work. And I never, this never happens. So in my box, I pulled out a thing and it said it was a pastor's conference at Concordia. And I looked around and I go, who put this in my box? <laughs> Finally, Debbie Tweed, our bookkeeper said, I did. And I go, why'd you put it in my box? She goes, well, I put it in your box. I didn't figure out who would put it in. I go, well, this is substantial today because <laughs> this is a school that Taylor's going to, wow. or we want She wants to go to, and we're thinking about going to. So we, we had, we planted a flag there. Like it's Concordia. Well, the coach already had his team set. And he said, well, Taylor, I can give you a walk on spot. And I go, well, that doesn't do any good for me because we can't afford the mm-hmm. school. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> There's no way we're going to be able to afford this school. And so my wife, we said, let's scrape up what we can. And so we, we did. And, um, my, so I packed the truck the night before she was supposed to go and get in the dorm. And, um, my wife goes, Tom, you might just, you, you, we're going to take her down there and bring her back in a month. Cause mm-hmm. we can't afford this school. And I go, I know, but God, this is the school she's supposed to go to, I believe. Mm. And so, true story, I was sitting there, and a phone rang. So I picked it up, and it was the athletic director at the University of Concordia. And he came back and goes, Tom, he goes, you know, I think maybe the tennis team has taken advantage of your daughter. And I was like, well, yeah. And he goes, <laughs> so what we've done is the athletic departments got together, and we're going to honor the scholarship that we offered to Taylor last year. Mm. I go, what? I go, let me put you on speakerphone. So I called <laughs> Tiffany and I go, so repeat that. <laughs> and he said that and he said, but next year that's going to come out of the tennis budget because the coach is like getting a great deal, but we don't think that's fair. Mm. And we just praised Jesus for going, oh my gosh. But it was after the car was packed, my daughter yeah. was excited. My wife's looking at me going, Tom, there's no way we can do this. <laughs> and, but, but it was because we felt that was mm. where she was supposed to go mm. And it's it because she, there again, she got her scholarship for five years after that, got her master's degree there, but it was the planning the flag. So like pastor said, it's when you get those words, you can always go back to that. But God, I like,
0: I like how, that in an analogy after the car is packed. Yeah, yeah. You know
1: oh, it was after the car is packed.
2: But we've heard these God stories from mm-hmm. missionaries and saints down through the years. Mm-hmm. Like the guy, man of God that, uh, the Lord told him he had to go somewhere. And he God said, it's my will. And he says, uh, what do I do? He said, go stand in the ticket line tomorrow. I'll never forget the story. I wish I could find it. And so he says, but I don't have a ticket. Just go stand in the ticket line and act as if you're going. I told you you're going. <laughs> and so the guy stands a ticket line and there's like four people in front of him, three, two, one. He goes, what am I doing? I feel like a fool. I don't have a ticket. He said, God said, I'm going to make a way for you to be there. And the guy in front of him got real frustrated. So, you know what? I can't go. It's just, this is dumb. Everything that's happening. Toronto said, here, you can have my ticket. And, it, and, and, and I mean, we've heard these stories all our life, but Tom, it's a
0: lifestyle. Yeah. Yeah.
2: We could speak right now for four hours oh, telling you all these things that continually happen because in my walk with God, God is spot on. Mm-hmm. And you younger guys, you're going to have these stories, but you have to live in such a way, and I've said it many <laughs> times before, that you'll see what you're looking for. We are looking for God continuously to intervene. To come and guide us, to come and lead us, to come and redirect us. And we live with that faith day by day, and it has not failed me mm-hmm. for 50 years. I mean, that that's a that's a a long
1: test run. Or, or I, me I, for 34. It's it's one of those things that as you're out there, you've got to put stock in it. I mean, at one point, Pastor, like you said, there's so many believers out there that are non believing believers because they're not putting their stock yeah. in a god that can intervene in your daily everyday life. And once you do lean over to that and you start seeing this, there's no other way to live after that. Mm-hmm. You know. And 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 it, 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 as you keep going, but there's sometimes that, you know, even pastor, you you've said this. I mean, my wife You know, she has a a, a severe case of Crohn's. And, Pastor, you've said that we prayed for her to get healed all these years. Well, she never got healed. But she's still here because she's taking a medication. We've prayed through. I mean, I'll never forget that night that you and Josh came down to... UCLA. Remember that? Mm-hmm. We traveled down it, there. To I, I mean, you guys did. And we were sitting there and it was probably one in the morning mm-hmm. and I walked out and I was looking in here, comes Pastor Ron and Josh, mm-hmm. and you came into the room. There was those moments where you guys came in and laid hands on Tiffany and prayed for her. Mm-hmm. So, so my wife never had a miraculous moment of getting healed, but God has intervened so much in her health mm-hmm. all these years that we just know that his hands in it, but she's enduring. Okay, that,
2: That doesn't it make sense? Uh, And I've got a lot to say about this, and we'll probably start bringing this to a conclusion. But if you were God, and you looked down the earth, and you saw a lot of your kids actually doing your will, this is God's will, and they were doing exactly what you've asked them to do. Now, not all Christians are doing that, but the ones that are. Wouldn't you try to sustain their life and keep them on the earth going? You're accomplishing something for me. And that's exactly what he's doing. God never told me, I will heal you of leukemia, cure you. And then I have another cancer now in my body. It's chemical recurrence of prostate cancer. And God's never told me, I'm going to heal you of this. He hasn't said that in either one of these. But in both of them, he has spoken and said, I will not let you die of them. In other words, you cannot die until I'm through with you. So doesn't it make sense that if if you were God and you had your children on the earth that were really promoting you, Mm -hmm. they were doing the work that you want done. I've said it many times, I feel sorry for God sometimes because he is love and he doesn't have a body on the earth except for us. And so for those of us that are actually doing what he wants us to do on a day-by-day basis— would it be beyond our comprehension to think that he's saying, I'm not going to heal you necessarily, Mm -hmm. but I'll keep you there. I'm going to keep, I'll do what's necessary to keep you there until my job for you is accomplished. Absolutely. And so.
3: I I think what you said too is key, what you're looking for. I go back to the story. I mean, the biggest God story is just the empty tomb, you know, the resurrection. Mm -hmm. And uh, one of the things I love about that story, when they talk about the tomb, um, the Romans believed that Jesus was in the tomb dead and the disciples came and said, he's not in there. Right. So you had two different perspectives, like what they were looking for. One group believed that he's dead and he's in, he's in that tomb. One group believed that it was empty. And one of the coolest things about that story for the guys that don't, and um, I, I want to say it's case for Christ. They talk a lot. To, uh, is it case at least trouble case for Christ, right? He talks about the empty tomb. He says, one of the things that, um, that the Romans and the and uh, jesus disciples they agree upon is that jesus isn't in the tomb anymore yeah. because and what do they say that they, they ended up the romans uh in the roman digesta they said well there could be a case where they took the people that were crucified and they would throw them they would basically give their bodies to the dogs we said we know that jesus's um body was in the grave because he was given to him by joseph right but he said that night when they went back and they said hey jesus isn't in the tomb they said the disciples said what the disciples said, he's not there. And then the Roman guards said, well, you guys stole him. Right. But they all agree that he's not in the tomb anymore. And I think that's you. It's the way that we look at the story, right? If you believe that God is divine, you're going to say, no, like he's not in there in this, but then you can say, well, then there's a, you know, so you're always going to be on one side Mm -hmm. or the other. It's, it depends what you're looking for. And if you're living with a a life for God, you're going to see God constantly moving in your life. And you're going to believe that he's miraculously and constantly moving in your life. Yeah, and I
2: go back to that. Wow, wouldn't you have liked to been a fly on the wall <laughs> when they heard that he was alive? Hmm. I mean, our, our whole uh, gospel message begins with an outrageous God story. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. our God is still wanting to give us those stories in our life. And again, you know, I've said it for years, and it bears repeating. When we start telling these God stories, which I do very often, it's part of my message. There are people that sit out there, and I can understand for some of them, considering where they're at, they go, yeah, fat chance. God doesn't talk anymore to us. He doesn't speak to us. He doesn't do miracles, blah, 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 blah. And I say to them very often, yes, he does, but he will not do it for you. Because he said in the Bible, let it be to you according to your faith. Mm. I have believed in the God of miracles for almost 50 years, and that God has performed for me, and that's probably a bad way to put it, but lack of a better way right now. He has come through for me. He's proved, time himself. He's time proved himself. Time after time after time. And again, you know, if it wasn't true, in 50 years, I would have figured this thing out That is not. it is true, and I'm as excited about it today as I was in day one. And so uh, we're going to have to keep this podcast going. I'm just really fired (laughs) up. I mean, I'm going to cover more God stories every podcast, and maybe some you've heard, maybe some you haven't, uh, that defy understanding.
1: Well, Pastor, isn't that what you could say that you, because there again, for you to be in the ministry 50 years is just unheard of nowadays, especially we've just heard that our pastor's life expectancy being in the ministry is four years. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, and so, right. and so the excitement that you have living this life with Christ where he's moving your life is what gets you excited to get back in the pulpit and, and, and say, this is real.
0: And at the same church for 50 years. and We're yes. having our 50-year... Uh, You've defied so many yeah. Of, yeah, of the, uh, of, of the it's statistics. Pretty it's pretty wild. But would that,
2: would that yeah. be wrong of me? I've said before, I, I wish someone would donate the money. They did before, and I believe they will. I can't take it out of tithe money. But I hope this isn't arrogancy or whatever but it would be okay i, I want to celebrate 50 years with firework oh, with a firework show and i'm just so excited about it that i've been here 50 years and uh i don't want it to come off that way but i'm just so excited maybe i'll pay for it myself i'll go out and sell uh Weenie dogs out in front of Costco or we something just, to get
0: uh, the money. We can just make our own fireworks. So. Mm. <laughs> I just want
2: to. I just countered. want to savor the moment of just going. Wow, this is so cool.
3: I want to. I want to uh, add one more thing. I know we're going into fireworks. I, it's just. It's <laughs> a, it's, no, no, I, it's a thought though that stuck, and I feel like I need to say it. It's like yeah, it's one of those God moments where you feel like you have to say this. You said um, for people that doubt some of these God stories, um, they'll miss them because of, of because of their lack of faith. But also, too, there's a story right after Jesus, is, Jesus dies. Um, one of the guys, Thomas. Thomas, known is doubting for ju- Thomas. Do- we, my namesake. We, know, we know him for doubting Thomas. He says, unless I see, I won't believe. And I think if you're there today, you're like, you're listening to some of these God stories. You're looking at the moment. Maybe you heard the SD card story, the cancer story, Tom's collegiate story, whatever those. You're hearing them, You're like, well, God, unless this. I would say I would say that's an okay prayer to say, like God, like show up in my yeah. life, show like I want to see you move in this way. I think that's a safe prayer to, and not feel like that you're doubting God or that you're um, that you don't believe in God, but that you want to see God well miraculously in, moving your life. In the story, Thomas says, "Unless I
0: see for myself," and I think that there was right. a... And anticipation and excitement because I think he actually wanted to see, he I did think he want to, wanted see. to see himself. Yeah. He's like, Unless yeah. I see myself, you know, yeah. I, I well, want to see.
1: Well, this. well, and Jesus even told him, Blessed are those who haven't seen mm-hmm. and believed.
3: Well, that's the other part yeah. of that, that you know, that whole thing is all the God, God doesn't just appear at when well, you know, when we talk about Jesus' resurrection, he didn't just appear to a couple people, he appeared to yeah. a, many yeah. a people after his resurrection. <laughs> well, so, um, and, yeah. and,
1: and didn't even Thomas, because I love this story because it's my namesake. Didn't even Thomas says I want to see the nails in his hands he and I did. want to see the yeah. and Jesus came and he goes here look at my hands no I'm okay I don't need that no 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 you do need you do need, need to see it
2: <laughs> I think for our audience it's not
1: hard for them to see
2: that we're flat excited about oh, this amen. topic yes and and you know if it wasn't that real to us we wouldn't be so excited about it no one can ever come along and say hey your walk with God is illegitimate it's not right on baloney. Baloney, baloney, we know it is. I know we're we're probably uh and again I, I'm we're not We're there, we're coming
3: back, huh? Oh we're, we're, de- coming we're back. definitely <laughs> I mean Part this three. time
2: we're we're definitely
3: perfect.
0: <laughs> oh okay. Well, anyways, uh we're excited. Um and and we probably will continue this, but we're not fully, fully sure. But we definitely are gonna keep talking about God and Amen. we're gonna keep talking about uh his role in our lives because that's who we are. Um, it is off the mountain podcast, which started last year after a men's retreat mm-hmm. because we were up on the mountain and we got, we had all these God stories up there. And then we came back down and, um, and we were like, we need to have these moments and these experiences all the time. We, mm-hmm. stay. Yeah, we
2: had between four and 500 men on the mountain
0: this, this year.
2: And and again, yeah, was, why would amazing. these men be coming from all over the place <laughs> if what we were preaching wasn't true and didn't Amen. work? Mm-hmm. They wouldn't be coming. I mean, you know, the Bible says that if we meet certain conditions, we'll be prosperous in whatever we do. Yeah. All, all throughout the last few decades, you know, we've been so blessed by God because I think we have the right message. And everywhere we go, we don't have the problem of how to grow a church. It's we never have enough room for the and, people that are coming.
0: And, and it was really cool up there at that ministry. Just one more thing I'll say about this and we'll we'll wrap up. But it was really cool to see millionaires next to newly paroled. Yes. <laughs> you not know I mean? newly paroled. Parolees. <laughs> yeah. Like, it was cool to see just the gamut of, of different types of people up there um, mm-hmm. worshiping God together and finding common ground because of who God yes. is. And to me, that's a huge God story right yeah. there, that there's these different types of people that get together. And the people
2: don't don't understand. We're not talking about a traditionalized church movement. No. These are some of the toughest guys I've ever seen in my life. Mm-hmm. And we got... Bikers, probably ex Hell's Angels. We've got big old thug-looking guys, ex gangsters, and then we have sitting next to them doctors, mm-hmm. lawyers, attorneys,
0: yeah. and it's such a, a fine mix of people. Mm-hmm. And these we men, have some lawyers that actually represented some of the criminals in the same yes, room. we do. <laughs> in <the> same very <laughs> room. Uh, That's fun. <laughs> we
2: were we were in a group a while back, Tom, you might remember, and everybody's grown sharing their story. I forgot we were at a men's retreat at Old Oak Ranch. And one dude was sharing a story, man, I'm a, I'm a thug. You know what I do? Sometimes I still fall. I still do bad things. He he just really put it all out there. And nobody knew each other in that group. And the next guy said, well, I'm a police officer. <laughs> and the guy goes, oh oh yeah, what all did funny. I share? That's funny.
0: Yeah. Well, anyways, thanks, guys, for listening. We appreciate yeah. you guys. And we love you. And we hope you have a great, great week. We'll see you next week. Yes, God bless. You got your
1: mama's sunshine. You got your daddy's rain. Like a piece of heaven